the Ulster Economic Podcast. The podcast that keeps you up to date with what is happening economy-wise in Northern Ireland. Telling you what you need to know, but not necessarily what you want to hear. It is better to be prepared for the economic environment we're operating in and not the world we'd like to be in. Episode 7, Brewster's Millions. In the 1985 film Brewster's Millions, Richard Pryor's character is left a $300 million fortune, provided Monty Brewster meets the challenge of blowing $30 million in 30 days, he can keep the whole estate. Simply giving the money away, though, is forbidden, and there are limits on gambling and donating to charity. The lead character embarks on a spending spree and fulfills the conditions of the will, therefore inheriting the lot. Will we see a Brewster-style spending spree in the global economy in the months ahead? Some think so. Over $5 trillion of savings have been stockpiled by consumers around the world, with household saving rates in many countries reaching century highs. As lockdown restrictions ease, the expectation is that we will see a strong rebound in consumer spending from two sources. First, pent-up demand will be unleashed as spending patterns normalise. And second, we should see an unwinding of the forced savings squirrelled away during lockdown. This boost in consumer spending, which accounts for around three quarters of Northern Ireland GDP, will fuel an economic recovery globally, nationally and locally. One major consequence of the pandemic has been forced savings due to the inability to spend money. In 2020, money may have been no object for a foreign holiday, but travel restrictions meant that spending could not occur. Similarly, spending on close contact services such as hair and beauty treatment or getting a tattoo wasn't possible. Neither was spending on swathes of leisure, recreation and entertainment activities, including eating out, going to the pub or a trip to the cinema. An inability to spend money in some areas led to increased spending in others, notably online shopping, home improvements and availing of online consumer services. As lockdown restrictions are eased, spending in these areas will resume, but it remains to be seen how much exactly. Gym memberships have been switched off and will be switched back on again. So too will haircuts and beauty treatments. Crucially though, the missed meals out, haircuts or beauty treatments of last year will not be consumed this year. They are gone forever. Restrictions on foreign travel could remain for some time yet, although that could lead to a surge in staycation spend and more money remaining in these shores than spent abroad. Furthermore, global supply shortages for everything from garden furniture to silicone chips may mean that spending the pandemic savings may be easier said than done, or rather, easier saved than spent. So how big are these savings? Estimates by Morgan Stanley put the excess savings amongst UK households at £170 billion. That's roughly four times the size of the Northern Ireland economy. Applying Northern Ireland's share of UK GDP to this figure would equate to £3.7 billion for Northern Ireland households, or an average of £2,500 for every adult. Not all of it will be spent. The Bank of England estimates only 5% of the UK's excess savings will be spent, while others expect up to one quarter. That suggests that less than 1 billion, between 200 to 900 million, of the additional 3.7 billion of savings in Northern Ireland will be spent. Instead, a sizable chunk will be held as precautionary saving and or used to pay down other forms of debt, such as credit cards. The savings are also disproportionately skewed towards those on middle and higher income households, whose marginal propensity to consume is much lower than those who are on lower incomes. Given that food poverty is on the rise, it is clear that not every adult or household has amassed lockdown savings. According to the Trussell Trust, 
79,000 food parcels were distributed within Northern Ireland during the last financial year. That's an increase of 75% on the previous year. Some commentators have suggested we could see a Roaring Twenties-style spending boom that occurred in the 1920s, with a surge in so-called revenge spending or reckless spending on luxury goods and experiences. Rising inequality was a key feature of this 1920s era, and Morgan Stanley's research highlights how uneven the saving stockpiles have been distributed. More retired, middle-income or high-income households reported increases in their savings last year than those that reported decreases. Middle-income households in the UK that increased their savings outnumbered those who reduced savings by more than two to one. For high-income households, the figure was closer to 3 to 1. But that ratio was reversed for the unemployed, with three times as many households decreasing their savings. Meanwhile, the majority of those still working on low incomes reduced their savings in 2020. The younger generation have borne the brunt of the recession in terms of job losses and are more likely to be on lower incomes and or be furloughed. So the young, unemployed and those on low incomes don't have the financial wherewithal to do a full Monty Brewster. What about government? There have been parallels there with Brewster's millions and pandemic spending too. Rishi's billions swell Stormont's coffers. The executive's challenge was how does the executive spend the money as quickly as possible and on what? Failure to spend the money before year end would see vast sums returned to HM Treasury. Designing schemes to divert cash to where it was needed fast is easier said than done. One scheme that aims to encourage households to spend, even if they haven't the money, is a £145 million high street voucher scheme. Dodd's Millions will be launched when it is safe and appropriate. That means later rather than sooner, when the initial surge of pent-up demand has passed. But like Brewster's Millions, this £145 million in vouchers can't be saved. They can only be spent and a time limit for doing so would be welcomed by the local economy. So let's look at the incoming economic news and survey data. The local economy dipped back into contraction territory in the fourth quarter of 2020, following the record rate of expansion in the previous three months. Northern Ireland's Composite Economic Index, which is the closest statistic to GDP that Northern Ireland has, fell by 1.4% quarter-on-quarter in Q4 2020, marking the fifth quarterly fall in the last six quarters. The index is now down 2.8% year-on-year relative to the pre-pandemic level in the fourth quarter of 2019 and is 5.4% below Q2 2019's pre-recession high. The latest quarterly decline of minus 1.4% was not unexpected given that we already knew that private sector services had posted its second largest quarterly fall of all time. That was a drop of 5% quarter on quarter. Industrial production, which is mostly manufacturing, it too posted a decline, albeit modest, of 0.3% quarter on quarter in the, f- in the fourth quarter of, of 2020. Construction was the only sector to record a second consecutive quarter of growth, with construction activity hitting a 10-year high. Courtesy of Q3 2020's record rebound, Northern Ireland's Composite Economic Index has recouped just over two-thirds of its decline that occurred between Q3 2019, when Northern Ireland's recession began, and Q2 2020. That means the composite and private sector output indices are broadly in line with 2014 levels of output. 
Looking at the uh, latest Northern Ireland PMI survey for March, Northern Ireland ended the first quarter of 2021 with output still falling, but only just. Northern Ireland was the only region of the UK not to experience output growth in March. Whilst the rest of the UK has benefited from some easing of lockdown restrictions, Northern Ireland still has this activity boost ahead of it. The local economy did see a bounce in retail activity last month though, but this strong growth in sales and new orders was coming off very weak levels. Encouragingly, local firms also increased their staffing levels in March for the first time in 13 months due to job creation in both manufacturing and services. However, the growing issue remains inflation. Firms reported a record rate of input cost inflation and are raising prices at the fastest pace in the survey's history, with the PMI survey beginning back in August 2002. The latest Northern Ireland Chamber of Commerce and BDO quarterly economic survey suggests that there are better times ahead. Most indicators in the latest survey showed signs of improvement in the first quarter of the year, with manufacturing performing better than services. That was also a feature in recent PMI surveys too. Despite these signs of recovery, more businesses are still reporting falls in domestic and export sales and orders, cash flow and investment than those who are reporting an increase. Local firms are becoming more optimistic about turnover and profitability for the year ahead, And as a result, more than twice as many Northern Ireland firms are expecting to increase their staffing levels than reduce their headcount. But again, price pressures remain a key headwind, particularly with manufacturing, with the COVID legacy also casting a long shadow. 54% of Northern Ireland firms state that their business traded well or reasonably well during the pandemic. 14% have been negatively impacted by the pandemic, but are seeing signs of improvement but significantly around one in three local firms report business conditions remain very challenging. Almost one quarter of firms plan to reduce investment, which is slightly more than the percentage of firms looking to increase investment. The latest Chamber survey also took a look at the new post-Brexit trading arrangements, and uh, these have clearly led to difficulties amongst two in five of local businesses, with 14% of Northern Ireland firms finding the finding the new regime very difficult. The Northern Ireland Chamber survey also highlights that the Great Britain to Northern Ireland trade channel has proved to be the most problematic. More than half of local firms reported that the Northern Ireland protocol had had a negative impact on GB trade, with close to one-fifth citing a major negative impact. But over two-thirds of local firms see opportunities for the Northern Ireland economy stemming from its unique position within both the EU and the UK. Close to half of firms see opportunities for their own business going forward, but the key challenge will be, will these opportunities outweigh the costs? Time will tell. Turning to the labour market, 2020 witnessed the fastest and deepest recession on record, but unlike output, the labour market has not followed the usual recession playbook. Unprecedented employment support has kept unemployment surprisingly low. Indeed, 2021 has already seen some encouraging signs on the labour market front. For example, proposed redundancies in the first quarter have slowed to a trickle with just 170, and that marks the lowest three-month total for proposed redundancies since 2007. Meanwhile, the Ulster Bank Northern Ireland PMI for March, it revealed its first increase in employment levels in 13 months. And given the successful rollout of the vaccine, 
business optimism has returned to levels not seen since before the pandemic. As a result, firms are gearing up for the recovery and hiring the right people is a key part of that. All is quiet on the unemployment front too, with the claimant count down marginally in March following January's mini-surge. Meanwhile, Northern Ireland's headline unemployment rate remains below 4% and stood at 3.7% in the three months to February 2021. When the support measures are eventually lifted, unemployment will surge, but it's not expected to go anywhere near the double-digit levels which were anticipated a year ago. Employment growth appears to have stalled, with the number of employees on Northern Ireland payrolls slipping back in March, albeit just by a modest 200 jobs. This follows three months of progress, with 40% of the jobs lost during the pandemic since May 2020's low. They had been recovered by February of this year. There were almost 10,000 fewer employees on Northern Ireland's payrolls in March 2021 relative to a year ago. Two aspects of the labour market have yet to experience any recovery. That is the self-employed and the under-25s. The number of self-employed fell by 35,000 over the year to December to February 2021. That represents a fall of almost 26% and a record rate of decline. Almost 9 out of 10 job losses in Northern Ireland over the last year have been self-employed people with the number in this category 101,000 at its lowest level since Q2 2002. Part of this will have been people switching from self-employment to employment. Employment amongst 16 to 24-year-olds has fallen by almost one quarter over the last year too, which is another record decline. And this compares to less than 5% for all other age groups. Meanwhile, the youth unemployment rate is 11.5%, whereas those over 35 years of age have an unemployment rate below 3%. The 16 to 24-year-olds in Northern Ireland have also been swelling the ranks of the economically inactive, that is, those people neither in work or looking for work. But with this younger cohort, many of them have been moving into education. Over the year to the three months to February 2021, there was a 37% increase in the number of individuals in Northern Ireland, citing that their student status was the reason for their economic inactivity. As in previous recessions, going into or extending education is viewed as an economic safe haven. The local recruitment market's V-shaped recovery is now complete too, at least in terms of the overall job listings. That's according to the nijobs.com website, with job listings posting their third consecutive quarterly rise in Q1 2021. The latest quarterly increase in job postings, which was an increase of 40% quarter on quarter, means listings have more than trebled since Q2 2020's lockdown low. Indeed, the first quarter of 2021 saw more jobs advertised than at any time during the last three years. While this pickup and recruitment activity was broad-based, two-thirds of the quarterly increase was due to just two sectors, nursing, healthcare and medical, and IT. These two sectors have clearly benefited from the health emergency and the accelerated move towards working from home and shopping online. Cybersecurity is more important than ever, and dozens of Northern Ireland firms in this field are expanding and hiring. More than one third of all nijobs.com job listings fall within either IT or nursing, healthcare, and medical, with the latter accounting for one in four of all posts in Q1 2021. 
Hiring also picked up in the beleaguered hospitality sector, but vacancies in Q1 2021 are still 85% lower than their pre-pandemic highs. The top three professionals most in demand in Northern Ireland in the recruitment market at present are software engineers, software developers and accountants. Overall, 2021 has got off to a very good start as far as the recruitment market is concerned. However, the overall strong performance conceals some very weak activity in areas such as the hospitality sector. But even hospitality is poised for a rebound as and when the lockdown restrictions are progressively eased. Many of the 106,500 people in Northern Ireland currently on furlough will be encouraged that significant hiring has begun. Turning to consumer spending and and the housing market, despite recording the best month of uh, new car sales since September, March proved to be another terrible month for UK car dealers. Local sales surged by 48% year-on-year, but this still represented the second worst March figure on record, with March 2020 being the worst. With showrooms shuttered, new car registrations were more than one-third below the long-term average. This year, car sales fell by 18% year-on-year in the first quarter, and it was the first time that sales fell below 10,000 vehicles for the opening quarter. Exit from lockdown should bring relief, but for now, the only signs of green shoots comes from the transition to greener motoring, which is gathering a pace. In a sign of the times, the Tesla Model 3 is now one of the top five best-selling cars in the UK. Looking at the property market, March was a bumper month for property transactions, with local estate agents experiencing sales volumes not seen since 2007-2008. Unlike the last property boom, the surge in activity is largely catch-up from the lockdown-induced record slump in the second quarter last year. Back then, residential transactions fell by two-thirds year-on-year. The pent-up demand has also been boosted by fresh demand from outside of Northern Ireland, stemming from the post-COVID-19 opportunities of working from home. A temporary reduction in the stamp duty land tax has also provided an added incentive for the more expensive and typically larger properties. Looking at the latest HMRC data, it revealed that there were 3,540 residential property transactions in March. That marks a rise of 78% year-on-year. Meanwhile, UK residential sales more than doubled and hit a record high. For Northern Ireland, March was the best month of sales since June 2007, just before the local property bubble was pricked. March's figures follow five months of very strong activity, with monthly sales consistently hitting 14-year highs in Northern Ireland. Residential sales in the first quarter, 8,390, were down almost 8% relative to Q4 2020. However, they were still 42% higher than the corresponding quarter last year, and they mark the best start to any year since 2007. The RICS and Ulster Bank Residential Market Survey revealed that new buyer inquiries hit a record high in March, with the survey dating back 15 years. Q2 looks set to be another buoyant quarter for the residential property market, but it is expected to see a slowdown in activity in the months ahead, as pent-up demand fades and supply constraints that, that is, limited stock, begin to bite. According to PropertyPal, the property website, the total stock of properties for sale in the first quarter of 2021 was down 27% on the corresponding quarter in 2019. 
Last week, the government-backed 95% mortgage scheme was launched with much fanfare. However, those homebuyers hoping for one of these 5% deposit mortgages will need to check the T's and C's carefully. For example, new bills are exempt, and some of the local lenders have maximum uh, loan-to-value ratios of 85-90% to for new bills, and 75-85% to for flats. They also have other other restrictions such as a minimal application income for 95% mortgages of £40,000 per year. Mortgages for the self-employed are also more restricted. Local lenders have a variety of restrictions ranging from a maximum LTV of 80% for self-employed mortgages and a minimum income of £50,000. As a result, swathes of would-be first-time buyers won't be able to get a foot on the property ladder unless they have saved up a bigger deposit or can access funds from the bank of mum and dad. Non-residential property, which includes the commercial and industrial sectors, also reported a surge in activity. The 420 transactions in March represented the highest monthly total since April 2008 and was a 50% rise year on year. The March figures took the quarterly total for Q1 to 870, That's a rise of 23% year-on-year, and it matches the total in Q1 2019. Looking at the last 12 months to March, there were 2,770 non-residential sales. That is up 10% from October's low, but it still remains almost one-fifth below 2019's total. The non-residential market will have to adapt to the post-COVID and Brexit worlds. For office and retail space, the problem could be one of oversupply, while undersupply of suitable property could be a limiting factor within the industrial market. So looking to the month ahead, during May we we will begin to get survey evidence of how the start of the second quarter is shaping up. The Ulster Bank Northern Ireland PMI for April is expected to see business activity expand and cross that uh, expansion contraction threshold of 50 point naught for the first time since September last year. There's also expected to be a further improvement in confidence for the year ahead as the rollout of the vaccines continue. Inflationary pressures and supply chain disruptions will continue to be watched in the PMI survey. And also the latest manufacturing survey from Tunes and Manufacturing NI. That is due next week and it will provide valuable insight into how manufacturing is faring, particularly with the new Northern Ireland Protocol. We also have the Office for National Statistics will release the regional public sector finances for the UK for the financial year ending 2020. This will put the spotlight on the size of the fiscal deficits in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, which can be a political hot topic. A blind man on a galloping horse knows what has happened to the scale of those regional deficits in the latest financial year, 2020-2021. Nevertheless, Northern Ireland's newly appointed Fiscal Council is likely to pour over the latest figures. The latest coronavirus job retention scheme statistics, or the furlough scheme, uh, we get the latest figures as of the end of March. As of the end of February, there were 106,500 NI employees furloughed. There will be a big focus on the property market in May. We've got the uh, residential property prices, housing starts and house completions for the first quarter of this year. A year ago, the expectation for house prices in 2021 was that they would be lower. Not now. Thanks to furlough and other employment support measures, prices have kept rising. Expect Q1's 
residential property price figures to be around 5% higher than the corresponding quarter last year. Of more interest will be the house building statistics. Over 1,000 fewer houses were completed in 2020 relative to uh, 2019. A modest rebound in housing starts occurred in the second half of last year with just over 6,000 units started in 2020. That represents the lowest annual total in six years. Will we see a notable improvement in Q1? Perhaps don't bet on it. Supply chain disruptions and a surge in the cost of construction-related materials won't have helped. We also have a, a mega growth rate warning for April. We should brace ourselves for some startling year-on-year growth rates in April and for uh, Q2 as the data comes in. Two indicators worth watching concern residential property transactions and new car sales. Expect to see year-on-year percentage growth rates running into hundreds and thousands of percent. Given that there were only 410 residential sales in April last year, that was a fall of 80% year-on-year. That is the base from which April 2021 year-on-year comparisons will be made. With sales expected to fall within the range 2,500 to 3,500, that will equate to year-on-year growth rates of between 500 and 750%. For new car sales in Northern Ireland, they fell 99% year-on-year in April 2020 to just 24 cars. The 10-year average for sales in April is over 4,000. Therefore, we can expect to see a year-on-year rise of around 17,000%. Yes, you heard correctly, 17,000%, give or take 1 to 2,000%. So hearing growth rates in the several hundreds and thousands in the coming weeks should be treated with caution. The huge increases are primarily a reflection of how bad the corresponding month or quarter was last year rather than how strong activity is this year. And finally, the political temperature is set to increase in May. There are elections in England, Scotland and Wales with events in Scotland the most significant as the SNP seeks to secure a majority in Holyrood. Here in Northern Ireland, we can brace ourselves for some political turbulence in the months ahead too, with assembly elections in the autumn now a possibility. I'm Richard Ramsey, and that was episode 7 of the Ulster Economics podcast, Brewster's Millions, April 2021. You can stay up to date by following the ulstereconomics.com blog site and following us on social media. Until next time.